This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Hey, what's up? Welcome into episode 115 of Small Talk. Your host, Steve Saruri and Michelle Smallman are here. We're taking this on Wednesday, November 4th. So it feels a little dated to ask you how your weekend was, Saruri, but fill me in either way. It was good. Uh, Halloween, obviously. Oh my gosh, we are so locked into election stuff that I forgot we even had Halloween over the weekend. So please fill me in on Halloween. I I never know what day it is, what month it is, what holiday it is. I don't know. But I do love Halloween. And we ended up having a little, not get together, we had a Zoom meeting with some of my friends. Because I like dressing. I think Halloween is fun. I like dressing Mm -hmm. up for Halloween. So we did this year. And we had a little Zoom get together. I was Damien from Mean Girls. So I basically just wore a blue hoodie and sunglasses and just kept saying, she doesn't even go here. So Perfect. I felt like it was a, it was a minimalist type effort, but it was very it was a comfort based thing. But a lot of people who thought it was funny thought it was really funny. So uh, good. did you dress up? I, I think I saw something on Instagram from you, right? Yes. So my best friend Brittany, her daughter Victoria, is about two and a half and wanted to go trick or treating. So Aunt Michelle Michelle definitely had to show up, and Victoria was a ballerina, a very beautiful ballerina mm. at that. And so I just thought Aunt Michelle Michelle cannot just show up without a costume, but I only had two in house. Uh, one was Mia from Pulp Fiction. Didn't think that was appropriate. She probably wouldn't get that. Not gonna probably lie. <laughs> wouldn't get the reference. And then I had run a half marathon at Disney. So I had sequined Mickey or right. sequined Minnie Mouse ears. And I thought, okay, she loves some Disney stuff. So I threw those on with a black long sleeve. Again, minimal effort, but it was a huge hit with the two-year-old crowd. And your mouse, duh. I'm a mouse, duh. So we both had a little Mean Girls flavor going on. Yeah, we need to do, we've been talking about this both on the show and off the show about what we can do to pay homage or to remember or to just relive our love for that movie. Because it's probably both, I mean, it's in my top five favorite comedies. It's probably in my top 20 favorite movies of all time, Mean Girls. I think it's probably similar for you too. We need to do something. We need to figure out how we can incorporate it into the show with either a ranking list or like a rewatch thing. I don't know, but we need to do something with Mean Girls at some point. Should we just get Lindsay Lohan on the pod? Yeah, she's probably not that busy right now, right? She's not super fit. I mean, who knows? She's kind of weird. It might be awkward, but Listen, what is she doing? Her. We're trying to get her on the pod. Yeah, the rankings of people from Mean Girls that I would want to have on the pod, she wouldn't be that high. <laughs> I would, I'd rather talk to Tina Fey. Yeah. I'd rather talk to Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler. Rachel um, McAdams. Definitely Rachel McAdams. Well, come on. She character. played Regina George. I know. I know. I feel like I would Karen love- would be good. Lacey Shabert would be funny. Shabert, Steve. Oh, it's, Shab- oh. it's Shabert. I don't know. Who knows? Yes. I've never. Do not disrespect Lacey, okay? I, mean, I like Lacey. I follow her on Instagram. What's up? You still, we oh, we learned right. this last pod. <laughs> no big deal. MVP. Um, but we do need to do something. I would talk to Damien. I would talk to the principal. He's hilarious. I forget his name. Tim Meadows. Guy. Tim, Tim Meadows. Meadows. Yeah. Um, there's a ton of people. We should do that. Maybe, yeah, we should. All right. That's going to be a future thing. We're going to have somebody on from the movie. What if we do a draft of Mean Girls moments or scenes? Or we could do a, a power rankings, a Mean Girl scene power rankings. That would be good. I'm trying to think of what would be one. Um, there's so many good ones. Do you have one off the top of your head? I'm trying to think. Although I don't want to give anything away. So maybe if we're going to do this, we shouldn't give it away. We should let this be a secret. Already I'm debating, is that more important than that in my head? So we we should do that. But we'll think of a way. I mean, should I just DM Tina Fey and be like, Tina, we stand you. Please come on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, come on the show. Uh, Damien's, she doesn't even go here, would be very high on my list. I don't know if it'd be one, but it's one of the laugh out loud moments that I have when watching the movie. But yeah, Tina, she's not that busy. She'll come on. Come on. What's up, Tina? 
I'm thinking stop trying to make fetch happen is definitely up there. That has grown too. Done for you, Gretchen Wieners is high. Totally. Um, I want to pick shirt made, back. <laughs> she made she made out with a hot dog. It's pretty good. That was one time. <laughs> um, what was it? What was the hoop earrings line? She told me her earrings were her thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there's too many lines. We can't. We can't. We're just revisiting the entire movie. We'll do this at a later date. But it needs to be done. I just want to put it out there for everyone. It needs to be done. Yes. Yeah, so if you have any suggestions, shoot us a DM on Instagram. We're open to workshop this. But while I was being Damien for Halloween, I was playing this game with my friends. Have you ever heard of this game called Among Us? No. I figured you wouldn't. Among Us sounds like a weird new age church. It does. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, I promise you it's not that weird. It was actually super fun. Have you ever heard of the game Mafia or Werewolf? There are games you play with a bunch of people where you try to figure out who's the werewolf or who's the killer. It's a mystery type game. You realize it sounds like you're just pulling random words out of the dictionary. No, no. I'm, I'm a big games guy. I love games, especially when, when you're drinking. As I've become an adult, I'm a big Trivial Pursuit fan. I love Monopoly. So I'm cool. a big games guy. All of those things. It doesn't sounds seem sick. like you are very much as well. So maybe you won't like this as much. But there's this game called Among Us that we played where basically you all have this app, right? So we're doing this through Zoom. It was super fun. And we're all drinking, so that actually played into it as well. But basically what happens is you have the app on your phone, and you're all in this same spaceship right and you're either a crew member or you're an imposter right and there's usually like based on how many people there are i think we had what eight people so there's either one or two imposters you go around walking around on your phone so it's kind of like a video game in a way and you do these tasks if you're a crew member and the imposter is supposed to sabotage everything and the imposter can also kill people and the goal of the game is to try to figure out who the imposters are and tricking people and maybe it was the amount of bourbon that I drank that night, or maybe it was just a great time, but A plus content, if you're looking for something to do and you're bored as shit sitting at home on a Friday night because you can't go out to the bars, get some friends together and play Among Us. You will not regret it. I definitely think the bourbon was a contributing factor maybe. to your enjoyment. Also, you're really banking on your friends being good actors. All my friends are really competitive game players. We've been playing video games for most of our lives. We're all extremely, extremely competitive with everything. And all of our significant others have sort of, I want to say that they've bought into it, but they understand it and they Mm -hmm. play well off of us. Like Maddie, you know, when she came into the crew, she she assembled it very well. Same thing with uh, my friend's wife, Nicole, and uh, Jess bunch of different people. They get the group, right? And they understand how to give it back and give and take. So they are good participants, but you're definitely right. It depends on the group. You need a good group to do this. But if you have like a group of, I don't know, eight people that you are close with and that you could joke around with, I'm telling you, go play Among Us. It's awesome. This sounds like the plot to the movie tag. It's kind of like Clue, but in real life and in space and on your phone. No, I'm saying, have you seen that movie where all these kids played tag growing up and then as adults, the tag yes. is still going on? That's you and your friends. You're still playing yes. tag as adults. Yeah, we're all hyper, hyper competitive to the point yeah. where it's like detrimental to our mental health, but it's okay. That's just who we are. Um, we've been playing games for a long time. Tag, sneaky, actually decent movie. I remember laughing at that more than I thought I would. I but, think it was like a three out of five stars. Or am, I, am, I, am, I, am I mixing up tag? There was another movie that came out. Is it, That's not the one with Jason Bateman, is it? I think it is, yeah. It is one. Okay, so maybe I'm like mixing these two up, but decent movie. But uh, no, now that I said that, did you like Clue growing up? Did you play Clue? Did you watch the movie? I used to love the movie Clue. I think it came out in like the 80s. Oh yeah, uh, Colonel Mustard with the candlestick in the library. Hell yeah. It's it's a new age version of Clue on your phone. (laughs) Okay, Among Us, noted. You know, my family has been kicking around getting together for a family game night soon. So maybe we'll play Among Us. Game night, very hit or miss. Again, depends on the crowd. You have to have a good crowd. If you don't have a good crowd, it's probably not going to be super fun. The so small you, ones, I feel like can get after it, though. 
So we play games every holiday, especially Christmas. Things get turned up another level. And we play Seen It a lot, which is oh, very fun. Yeah. But it gets super competitive. And my cousin Kelly and her husband Josh are elite game players. And so they have to be separated. They can't be on the same team. I come in usually the tier below them. You know, I would definitely be a first round draft pick when it comes to family game night, but they take it that. to another level. So you feel really good if you've got one or the other on your team. There's nothing more contentious at my family get togethers, family holiday get togethers than the annual, or I guess biannual, however, some semi-annual now because we play it for most holidays, the Monopoly game. Because Monopoly, oh, Monopoly, we take this very, very seriously. Specifically me and my sister's boyfriend, Matt, we are aggressive Monopoly players. We intimidate wow. you. We drive a hard bargain. We don't fuck around when it comes to Monopoly. And my sisters wow. and my wife get very annoyed with us when we play the game. But again, it's just because we're hyper-competitive. It's just a dude's thing. Well, it is not just a dude's thing because we do family dinner every Sunday. But in the summertime, my uncle has a sick setup in his backyard, including a pool with an inflatable beer pong table. And we do beer pong tournaments almost every weekend. Oh, and we have assigned teams, team names. We do a tournament and it gets super competitive. Kelly and I are on the same team. So usually we're in the championship. We've won it many times. And we are called Team Neighbor Kid. And Team Neighbor Kid takes the <laughs> crown a lot. Actually, now that we're going through this, we also have the small moment open every Father's Day, a family golf tournament. And you're looking at a three-time defending champ. I would fit right in. I, I'm. You need competitive nature in families. It's good. It's healthy. You need it. It also seems like a very Midwest thing, too. So maybe I would fit in well in the Midwest because I would definitely fit in well at the small moment barbecue. Do you remember what Michael told us? Upper Midwest, Steve. You That's were ac actually sneaky born to live in the Midwest. Yep. What we do is hang around and play games and we drink and we're just laid back and fun. If only you were by the ocean. If only you were by the ocean. Trust hey, me. it can't be perfect. If the Midwest was by the ocean, you couldn't afford to live here. If With Madison the was, in the ocean, was by the ocean, I would live there currently. If St. Louis was by the ocean, I would never leave. I would never <laughs> even go on vacation. I would just be here all the time. <laughs> You live in a paradise that is St. Louis by the sea. <laughs> STL by the sea. <laughs> Wait, I want to, with my millions that I win in the lottery, I want to get a cruise ship and it's going to be St. Louis themed and it's going to be called <laughs> STL by the sea. Wait, are you a cruise person? Because this is, this is a no. contentious thing in my, uh, yeah, Maddie oh. hates cruises. I actually think they're kind of fun. Again, depends who you're on the cruise with. Right. You need a crew. No, I totally, I could not disagree more. I've gone on one cruise when I was in high school. My high school boyfriend's family took me on a cruise to the Bahamas. Super generous. But you hated it. But I hated it for several reasons. One, when I go on vacation, I do not want to be told what to do. I do not want to be told you got to wake up at this time. You got to go to the excursion at this time. Be back at the boat by this time. I need to be on my own pace, man. Number two, I don't want to eat all my meals in the same place, aka on the boat. I want to experience new restaurants. I want to be able to make my own agenda. And number three those rooms are far too small. Even the ones that are big are too mm -hmm. small. And I get a little bit claustrophobic. And by day three, I was like, I need to get off this boat now. Here's the thing. If you can go on like a two, three, max four day cruise, just like a little short getaway, that's okay. A week long cruise, no oh, freaking way. No freaking way. So no way. I need, you're, I'm with you. I need to experience other things. I'd rather go to Europe. I'd rather go to, I don't know the West coast, wherever. Cause I'm with you. I need, I need to experience different foods, people, restaurants, whatever scenery. Yeah. But if it's only a couple of days, a cruise is good. Like you just, it's like a quick vacation, get in, get out. You know, you, you booze up, you get drunk, you play some beer pong, you know, you meet some random people and then you go home. You know what I do really want to do though, is an Alaskan cruise. I heard those are the bomb. 
my family did a Mediterranean, or my, my family, my mom and dad did a Mediterranean cruise, which I feel mm-hmm. like is right up Michelle's alley. I, you would you would like a Mediterranean cruise because they went to Greece, Italy, France, Croatia. Just pop, they were just, around. yeah, popping on different little peninsulas here and there. And then, I mean, that sounds like Michelle 101 right there. As long as they don't tell me what time to be back, because imagine, Steve, that you were having a great time on the beach. Let's say that you're in Greece and you step off at this one spot and you're walking along and you stumble upon a beach club and the beach club turns up. You are having cocktails, you're dancing, they're playing great tunes, the sun is setting. They're like, hey, we're actually playing Among Us, Greek style. <laughs> After the sun sets, you've got to stick around and you're like, shit, I got to be back at the boat by 8 p.m. Don't you want to be able to make your own decisions and let something yes. breathe if need be? Yes, but there's also a much more important factor that I need to bring up as well is that there are no kids allowed. This is 18 plus, oh. even 21 plus, period. Because I don't want any yeah. kid you know, shoving down French fries and Diet Cokes or Mountain Dews or whatever. And another kid over here is crying. And I don't need kids around me. This has to be an adult-only cruise if I'm doing it. It has to be two to three days tops. I will say this too about the cruise that I went on. To your point, mind you, this was high school, Michelle, where there was only a few things that were important to me in life. And one of them was being tan at all times. And so I'm laying on the boat by the pool trying to catch some rays, okay? I wanted to come back and have my friends be like, I have never been more jealous of anything in my entire life than I am of your tan. And I wanted to be like, yes, I know. I worked very hard on it. So I'm out there catching some rays and there's this little kid at the pool splashing around, having a great time. Kept coming up to me and be like, will you throw the spoons in the pool? Because of course me being super nice, first time I was like yeah I'll do it you know I'm 16 at the time parents are drinking pina coladas being like we're off the Couldn't clock, care less, right? we're off the clock. <laughs> yeah it's like, your problem now they're like we know the kids on the boat we're good and <laughs> so the kid was like we throw the spoons I'm like sure and then one time turned into 50 times and I'm like I need to flip over I need to focus and flip so yeah no kids no kids no kids whatsoever yeah no the only kids. cruise I've ever been on though was when I was I think I was 16 the only cruise I've ever been on it was what weird. is it with high school and the cruise life? <laughs> I don't know. We weren't a cruise family, but I, I, for some reason, my mom and dad decided we were going to do that one time, and we've never done it since, so clearly they loved it. Clearly they had a great time. <laughs> okay, well, as we mentioned, we are taping this on Wednesday, November 4th, and the only thing that anyone is talking about or caring about right now is the election. We still don't have a final outcome. Votes are still being counted as we speak, but since... The presidential election is the hot topic in America right now. Steve and I thought, you know what? Let's take small talk political. Now stay with us because this is not what you think. (laughs) We are not going to talk about the election so much as we are going to give it the small talk treatment. And Steve and I thought, you know what? If we were to run for president, if this was the small talk ticket, the Saruti Smallman 2024 ticket, what would our platform be? What would be some changes that we would enact in America. And we marinated on it for about a day. And I think we came up with some pretty good solutions, Steve. Yeah, obviously, there are a lot of important issues that are actually being discussed and debated and put into execution right now. But um, we have some ones that are not quite as important. (laughs) So let's stress that they are not important at all. But but, but we would like to see these things be implemented in the Saruti Smallman ticket. Well, Steve, I'm going to give the floor to you because we are running as a ticket, we are running together. And so I want you to take it away. All right. Well, these are kind of stupid and they're supposed to be stupid. So we're not solving any problems, any real problems in the country. But this is one that I've actually thought of for a long time. And I'm, I would want to see this change. I've just been genuinely curious why it's been like this for so long. We've had a five day, 40 hour traditional work week in America and really the world, I guess, in most civilized countries 
for like a hundred years now. It started with Henry Ford and FDR in like the early, like, I think what, 19, around 1919 or so. Um, and we've just like sort of kept it since then. And it feels kind of antiquated, right? People could do their work at any time during the day. Obviously it depends on what job you have, but yeah. us in a radio, if our radio show is from three to six, we had to be there for three to six. Like, sorry, that's when you're working. But if you're like an accountant or you're doing IT from your house or whatever, I feel like we need to change up the structure of the traditional work week, which is why on the Suri Small and Ticket, I would want to implement a four-day work week. Let's eliminate a day of the week to work. Let's give people a little bit more work-life balance. We know with the knowledge of mental health and how important that is now, and we need more work balance in our life. Let's change this thing up. And why not do a four-day work week working 10 hours a day? You're still getting the 40 hours a day, but think about how much more productive you're going to be in those 10 hours if you have an extra day off. So think if you have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off every single week, I'd be much more energized and rejuvenated to work on the 10-hour days that I'm working for four days. And again, I just think it's all about work-life balance. We need more things to enjoy in life. That's what we're supposed to do. That's the reason you work in the first place. So let's like narrow that a little bit more, make it a little bit more streamlined. Four-day work week, 10 hours a day. There's your 40 hours. Why can't we do this thing? Let's do it. This is why we're running together, Steve. I love this proposal. We need to work to live, not live to work. Am I right? We are so burnt out as a society. And I think that would be a great option for people to have. It's been trending this way for a while, but the pandemic kind of blew the doors off this. People are recognizing that, just like you said, this is an antiquated system and that the workplace construct needs to be blown up. We've seen it in a lot of successful companies, Netflix. We remember the Netflix culture deck and the way that they mm -hmm. reimagined and reinvented the work week and the workplace structure. Facebook, Google, a lot of big companies are allowing people to be good employees and say, hey, get your work done. I don't care what time you come in. I don't care what time you leave. Take vacation when you need to. Just be productive. And I think if we take that coupled with, hey, let's make a weekend longer, maybe a work week a little shorter, people would be happy. And may I piggyback off of that and give you one of my ideas for yes, the Saruti Smallman ticket. Is it Saruti Smallman or Smallman Saruti? Let's be more progressive. It's the, it's the Smallman Saruti ticket. I, plus, okay. I want to be a vice president anyway. They don't do anything. I would like to be, in our hypothetical scenario here, the first female president. Of the yeah, United. yeah. you're the leader. I'll take the back seat here. I, I'm okay with that. Uh, normally, I would definitely choose you to be the leader because you're way more rational. I am far too emotional to ever be the president. But since it's history making, I think we should do it. I agree. I'll give you my input and I'll guide you when you need it. But other than that, I'm going to be chilling. You're the conciliary. I'm the Don <laughs> and you're the conciliary. And honestly, the conciliary is a more important gig because you're right. You are pulling the strings. Okay. So in addition to your proposal about a work week, try this on for size. As you mentioned, mental health is very important. And I don't think that people really take the time to do things for themselves anymore. We see it on social media a lot, hashtag self-care. But are people really doing self-care? I need more in my life to pump me up and invigorate me to go to work than throwing on a mask every Sunday. We need something to inspire us to want to go to work and to give 100% all the time. So Steve, I propose that once a season, so four times a year, Every American gets an IDGAF day, so four total. And that stands for I don't give enough. Think about how many times at work you probably think that weekly. You think, you know what? That was really dumb and I don't really care and I don't really want to deal with this right now. Or you bring something home from work that festers and it ruins your night with your family because you just can't let it go. I think it would be very healthy for people if they had a bad day at work to just say, you know what? 
I'm enacting my IDGAF day tomorrow and I'm not coming in and I'm going to take some time to breathe and focus on myself. And when you do that, your company not only has to allow it, regardless of what is on the agenda for the next day, you get a hundred bucks from the government to do something for yourself. Maybe it's a massage. Maybe it's a sound bath. Maybe you just want to rent an Airbnb in the mountains for a day and go chill and be amongst the trees. Maybe you want to spend the hundred bucks on a pizza and just eat yourself into an uncomfortable state all day. It's okay. Whatever. That. But that's your self-care. You can do whatever you want. And then I promise you, a lot of people after that day are going to come back on Wednesday or Thursday, whatever day it might be, and be like, I have reset and I'm ready to go. Yeah, it's the classic work smarter, not work harder. And here's the thing that I love that's brilliant about this idea. And I don't even know if it's practical in real life, but I actually do kind of like it in real life is that you get that hundred dollars right from the government and you have to use it to put back into small business or the economy yeah. and you're getting things moving. We're getting stuff moving. So it's only it's four days a year. It's not that big of a deal. It's essentially just like adding another week of vacation. That's fine. People already just, Hey, I'm going to be off tomorrow and they're going to take a sick day or a vacation day. That's fine. But I like the added element of the IDGF day, right? Did I get that right? IDGAF, yeah. Um, IDGAF day because it helps stimulate the economy. So look at us. This is just, who thought we'd be here? Not me. Not me. <laughs> yeah. Not me. Not me, Steve. But also you're probably thinking as you're listening to this, sounds like a vacation day. Michelle, no, it's not a vacation day. No. You still get your vacation day. This is a day that you have to do something for you. It has to be for you. Mental it's almost health. like you get a, you don't get cash. You get a voucher where it's like, oh, this is the government voucher that the government will then pay me if I spend this amount of money at a place. Cause you can't use it anywhere else other than using it on commerce. Right. Or therapy. You could say, mm -hmm. you know what? I had a really bad, I'm going through some stuff right now. I need a therapy session and you can give it to a therapist. Whatever you need to do. Also, you feel like the government, Saruti Smallman, we're looking out for you. We know that work is hard. Steve, we're in our 30s and sometimes I think I have 30 more years to oh go. Oh my God, all the time. You know what I mean? And I think if I knew that every now and again that it's normal and healthy to want to hit the pause button and just get some time to reset, that it would be a good thing. So I want to look out for the people. Yeah, uh, small and sturdy for the people. Uh, Give the people what they want. <laughs> yeah. All right. My next one is not remotely as serious, even as the ones that we just did before. But I think this is one that we both align on. And it's one that I think universally would be accepted by pretty much everybody in the country. We need to make the day after the Super Bowl a national holiday. I can't believe it's not here already. Throw everyone a bone. There are holidays that we get off that I'm like, why do we have this holiday? Everybody hates Columbus Day. Now get rid of Columbus Day. What, George Washington's birthday? I mean, we, we have President's Day. Why do we need a George Washington Day? We have President's Day. I like George. He's a great guy. I mean, sure, he's right. you know, first president. I get it. But why don't we replace the day after the Super Bowl? And by the way, George Washington's birthday, I think it's like in February sometime. Yeah. The Super Bowl's in the first week of February. It's not like you'd have to mix up the time. And the first week of February is often or February in general is just a horrific month, really, because it's just, you're kind of in, you're really in the thick of winter and it's just brutal out and there's really nothing to do. Give everyone a day off, throw everyone a bone. Again, it's a mental health thing. And the day after the Super Bowl is basically the official food coma slash hangover day. So we've neglected this for too long. The day after the Super Bowl needs to be a national holiday. Again, we are in lockstep here, Steve. I hate the NFL as much as anybody. That's true. And, e and even I think we need the Monday off after the Super Bowl. The game always goes super long, especially with the halftime show. And everyone is watching the game. Everyone. And if you want people to truly relax and enjoy themselves, maybe have a Bud Light or three then you need to give them the day off work. And how productive are we really the day after the Super Bowl as a society anyway? Yeah, most people take that day off or call out sick anyway. So just make it a thing. Why not do that? It's not that big of a deal. And the country's going to love you for it. I guarantee you, if you put this up to a vote, what would it be? I mean, 95%, who's going to say no to that?
I just am laughing because the first three things we have done is work way less. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, All we want to do is get more time off of work. Yeah, but here's the thing is that I think, you know, you mentioned we're both in our 30s. We're both prime millennials, right? We understand the value and what I mentioned before in working smarter, not working harder. You're going to get more productivity out of people if you give them more time off. It's why all these, you mentioned all these tech companies give like unlimited vacation out now. It's because if you get your job done, you do a good job. Yeah, take the time that you want off. And the Super Bowl is this massive day for the country. It's a massive day for commerce. People are getting together, making food, hanging out with their friends, watching the sport. We're consuming all these advertisements and it's a huge day. Let everyone recuperate the next day. It's almost like New Year's Day, right? If you didn't make that a holiday, it's the same thing. That's insane. So I think you got to make it a holiday. I'm with you. Okay, well, let's talk about something not work-related. Steve, when I look around at America today, I think we really need to restore civility. People are not civil to each other anymore. It's either you're on this side or you're on this side, and if you're not on my side, you're the enemy, and I want to fight, 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 fight. Where has common courtesy gone? Mm. Where has respect gone? Chivalry's uh, dead. No, it's common courtesy's dead. Yeah, common courtesy is dead. So with that in mind, we have the Supreme Court, Steve, we have circuit courts. I want to add a court to the court system of America, and I want it to be the common decency court. Mm, I'm all for that. I'm all for any sort of common decency or common sense. And let me give you an example, okay? If you're a Twitter troll and you say mean things to someone online, they can send you a summons and say, hey, I'm taking you to common decency court mm -hmm. and you have to go and face a panel of judges panel because you know I think it's better than having one person I want a group think here and this panel is going to say if you're innocent or guilty of common decency and if you're found guilty whatever it is that you did is then done back to you in some way so for this person if you're an internet troll and you're hateful then you are banned from social media for three months let's just say something like that it's got to be very severe and you'll have to wear essentially like an ankle bracelet or a monitor on your phone that if you open the app, someone gets a beep and then you get in trouble. Okay. For example, Steve, when you're driving down the road, you're not not speeding because you care about your fellow man or because you don't want to just let it rip on the road. You're not speeding because you don't want to get caught because you don't want to get a ticket. And I think we need to put a little fear into people to be nicer to each other. I think people need to say, hey, if I cut Saruti off on the road right now and then flip him the bird, he might give me a citation and I might have to go to common decency court. All for this. I mean, here's the thing. You're touching a little bit on authoritarianism here, but I'm, I'm willing to let it slide because I do believe that we need to hold people accountable for their bullshit. There's so many parts of society where we don't hold people accountable for being a fucking tool. Okay. Right. And it's problematic and it creates and it breeds these stupid people who don't know any better, who are just rude or who just are totally clueless or airheads. The quality that I find the most important in people is common sense. Self-awareness is knowing yes. your surroundings and knowing what, when you're doing something wrong. And there's so many people that I feel like that are just so oblivious to these things. For example, if you're yelling at someone who, who's making minimum wage somewhere and you're just berating them, you're going to common decency court because that's not, you're what there. are you doing? Well, get out of here. I don't know what the punishment necessarily would be. Maybe you can't shop with that. I don't know why that would be bad for the store. But maybe what we do is you have to wear a scarlet letter of some sort based on what, whatever infraction that you commit, you know? The, the scarlet A, but for asshole. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just A is all, all everyone's got to stitch it to their clothes and there you go. We know that you're you were like, a tool. Hey. Hey, you were an asshole to someone. How about this, Steve? If you're riding public transportation and you don't give up your seat for a pregnant person, you're wearing the A. Yep. If you don't hold the door for someone, mostly 
older people, a woman, a pregnant woman, as you just mentioned, or if you're just an overall tool and just don't hold the door open, because that blows my mind, the amount of people that don't understand. Did you not have someone tell you that that's what you're supposed to do is hold the door open? I go out of my way because I'm uncomfortable. Someone's like 20 yards away. I'm sitting there holding the door open because I don't want to be, I don't want to be viewed as the asshole. So we need to bring that back. We need to have more people who are aware of being good people. And that's a perfect way to do it. And here's the thing, Michelle, is sometimes fear and shame is a good tactic. And yes, it is. that's why the scarlet letter, if you walk into work and you got a scarlet letter on, people will be like, oh, that guy? Oh, yeah. What did he do? Ooh. Oh, he did this? Tool. Ooh. <laughs> Jim from advertising. Yeah, did you hear what he did? He was a dick to the guy at Burger King. Yep. Wow. What an idiot. Boom, scarlet letter. And then you're going to judge and people are going to be more likely to hold themselves accountable if they know that there's, there's some sort of punishment. You stop yourself from speeding because you don't want to get a ticket. What's the problem with Twitter? The problem with Twitter is that you could just basically do this. Anon- you could do all these things anonymously that you wouldn't be able to do in real life. Well, let's put things out there a little bit more, you know? And imagine having to tell your boss, like, I have to go to common decency court tomorrow. I was going to take my IDGAF day, but instead I have to go to common decency court. Yeah, because I cut someone off in traffic and gave them the middle finger and when I was in the wrong. Here's another one. If you don't use your blinker, common decency court, get out of oh. here. I can't, I can't understand why people don't use their blinkers. I can't. How about this? If you, when things are more normal, are on an airplane and you're in row 25, oh. and as soon as the plane lands, you're up out of your seat trying to bum rush to the door. You want to come in decency court, and then guess what? Your punishment is that you have to sit back row, middle seat for your next five flights. I love that. Yes. Out. I'm trying to think of what would be worse in common decency court than those people, because the people that get up in the back of the plane and try to cut everyone oh. else, they are among the worst people on earth. Totally the worst. They're the like, worst. Totally unaware of anything that's going on. I mean, we're all going to the same place, dude. Sorry. Wait in line. You bought the ticket in the back of the plane. Deal with it. We're stuck in this metal container together. Yeah. All right. This one I love. This might be my favorite one. We have an image problem in the country. Do we not? I feel like people outside of the United States, back in the day, it was like, oh, America. It's this pillar of creativity and coolness and Mm -hmm. whatever. And we've sort of lost that. People now in Europe or all across the world are like, oh, Americans, they're dumb, they're fat, they're lazy. <laughs> all Tell of these things. Like well, seriously, I think that is the perception of people think Americans are dumb, fat, and lazy. And I don't think that's necessarily true, but it's the perception. And a lot of times perception is reality, right? And that right. is the perception of America right now. We need to fix that problem. How do we right. fix that problem? I want to appoint a new cabinet member. I don't even know how many cabinet members there are. I think there's like 15 or so. I'll make that up. Who knows? I should have figured it out in civics class. Should I, should I Google that? Yeah, while well, I'm talking, Google it. Because I think, I want to say there's 15, but you know, I do pride myself as a guy who's supposed to know history and I don't know that and I'm embarrassed. But 15. Well, I guessed it right. There we go. Okay. I am implementing a 16th member of the cabinet and they, that is going to be the secretary of swag. Okay. We need to hashtag make America cool again. MACA, as they call it. Um, <laughs> yeah. We need to do this because- we need to get this country back to people in the other in Europe and Asia or wherever being like, oh my God, so America, I want to strive to be like them. They're the coolest people in the room. Because right now, we're not the coolest person in the room when, no. at any sort of global meeting or whatsoever. And I'm embarrassed by that. We need to get back to being that way. So the only problem with this is there are so many different cultures in this country that I don't think you could pick one person. So it almost has to be like a committee of people, Michelle. Who could we nominate to be on this committee that comes from a bunch of different backgrounds? It's almost like, mm. it's almost like you know when the, uh, when the Queer Eye guys go in and they take some Joe Schmo who dresses like a slob and they turn him into this GQ looking guy who has very suave and puts gel in his hair and looks pretty good and all of a sudden starts cooking meals and has this beautiful apartment. We need yeah. someone to do what Queer Eye does for that guy to do to America. So maybe we get the Queer Eye guys involved. I don't know. We also need a little bit more diverse sort of group, if you know what I mean. Should we, I was just going to say, just give the Queer Eye guys the job. I mean, imagine JVN coming in. Come on. 
yes, their sole responsibility would be to consult the president and consult members of Congress and the Senate and just people who represent this country and make them more presentable, more likable, more cool to make our image, to get our image better. But the problem is not everyone agrees that those five guys are the coolest people in the room. So we need people, like I'd imagine somebody from the South probably doesn't, not even because of political leanings or anything, this is not political at all, but you need somebody who has different values or different things that they're interested in than them. Right. So who could be somebody who's a little, you know, because all those guys are pretty alike, right? They all dress kind of similarly. Like they're very fashion forward, but there are still some people who are a little bit more traditional. So who else could be on the committee from that end? I don't even know. Um, who's a country music star that has infinite juice and drip and swag, whatever the words are? You know, Chris Stapleton would be a good dude. Chris Stapleton, Chris Stapleton. is big old beard, cowboy hat. He's a good looking, I don't know if he's a good looking dude, but he's, I think he's a pretty cool looking guy. Yeah. Outlaw country. First off, I love Chris Stapleton. I love his music, but he's a cool guy in a totally different way than the Queer Eye guys are cool. So yes. he needs to be on this committee for sure. Another country guy, Sergio Simpson, I throw him on there as well. He's a little bit of a tweener, so he might cover it up a bunch of different bases. But the problem is, Michelle, we were talking about this a little bit beforehand, is that when you think of cool people in the world now, it's always British guys, it's Canadians now. It's not people from the US. We need to change that. Yeah. So Drake is out because he's Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. So David be Beckham is British. Idris Elba, very cool. He's British too, I think, right? Idris Elba is British, yep. You know who we need on this thing? We need Jalen Hall, my God. He's got to no, be on this. Steve, we have reached our quota on this podcast <laughs> talking about Jake Gyllenhaal, and I hate to break it to you, buddy. He's not that cool. Jake Gyllenhaal, so, why is Jake Gyllenhaal not cool? He's so cool. Just because he has a beard and made a couple movies you like doesn't make him cool. Yeah, but he does the late night shows. He's funny. He's dated a lot of interesting people. He checks a lot of boxes, Michelle. I, don't, I think you're underestimating my guy, Gyllenhaal. I think you're highly overrating him uh what about john mayer again we have reached our john mayer quota on this <laughs> podcast we cannot talk about either one of them ever again steve people are like what is this the john mayer just trying to find people in different hour? boxes i'm just trying to find people in different because i want this to be a very okay. diverse group of people who are all cool but for way different reasons totally agree and the fact that it's this hard for us. Also, shouldn't be all men too. We gotta have women. On oh there. yeah, yeah. To, yeah, of course so. we gotta have women on there. Okay, what about Lizzo? Lizzo's so cool. I don't love Lizzo, but I get the vibe. Yeah, okay, I get it. Confidence. Is there a fashion designer that could be on here that's really cool? Very uh, is like a thousand. So it's, I also want this to skew a little bit younger because we already have too many old people that are in positions of power anyway. This yeah. position has to skew younger. What about Virgil Abloh? He's no idea he was, who that is. He was Kanye's right hand man. He made Off White. He's now the creative director for Louis Vuitton. He's a tastemaker for sure. Sure, I'm up for all the for all the nominations. I think that there's a group of maybe like ten people, and they all just consult different members of our government to make us more presentable to the world. That's what we need. Who would be the sports guy? Because the first guy that came to mind for me was Blake Griffin. Because I think he's impossibly cool. He's got great style. He's funny without trying to. He doesn't have to try to be cool. I mean, the first guy that came to mind was Tom Brady. He is cool, but he's not the vibe we, that we're going for. I think he's almost too old. He's, he's is in his he cool, early though? 40s. Is he cool? I mean, he looks really cool. I don't know. He looks cool. No, you make a good point. Cool? The more I talk about it, actually, it's not Tom Brady. Um, who else could it be? Who's honestly, honestly, Cam Newton? I don't think so, buddy. I mean, no? The, no, because then people will just be like, you know what? He is eliminated because of the font that he uses on in his Instagram posts. <laughs> yeah, but maybe that's cool. I don't know. That's the typography version of Mr. Unlimited, Russell Wilson. Oh, no, they are not. Do not ever compare. I don't, listen, you can say what you listen. want about Cam Newton and you can say what you want about Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson is not cool. In fact, he is the, whatever the direct opposite, he's dorky. He's a dork. 
He's not cool. Cam is cool. Sure. Cam's really cool. Cam dresses cool. Cam has a presence about him. Good looking but, guy. But that typography is Mr. Unlimited. It's doing way too much, Steve. It's doing way, way, way too much. Cam is cool, but he lost me with the font. Maybe. All right. Yeah. Sometimes you don't want to swing the pendulum too far. He's too cool for this group. Uh, we need to be relatable cool. He's not I really mean, relatable. That's a pretty big fumble by Cam with the font. No pun intended there. Are there other female singers, actresses? I'm trying to think of people who oh, just yeah. could put out a good totally. general vibe of what we're looking for here. There are so many people that are coming to Anna mind. Anna Kendrick? No. No? I feel like she's kind of cool. She's normal. Yeah, but is she that recognizable? I don't know. I'm I don't know if it's all about fame. I get what you're saying, but I mean, Stapleton's not super famous. What about... What about Jennifer Aniston, who has had the same look for a mm. million years and is naturally cool? I almost wonder if that would be used against her. She hasn't really changed in, since 1997. She's classically cool. Uh, mm, I don't think of Jen Aniston I think of cool. I think of Brad Pitt when I think of cool. Oh, but yeah, Brad Pitt's on the committee. He's too old. I think he's too old. What's he in his oh. 50s now? Too old. It's the same like, like Clooney, too old. Clooney's never too old. Who else? But why is it so hard for us to think of someone that's naturally that cool? What about my girl Lana Del Rey? Steve, what is she even doing now? No being, one even knows. Being cool? I don't know. <laughs> Hold on. I'm Googling coolest person in America. Oh, my God. The last time someone ranked cool people in America was 2014. Yeah, I feel like there's got to be a better term for that, too. Oh, Jennifer uh, Lawrence is cool, right? I don't know. She is cool. She is cool. What yeah. about your girl, Emily Ratajkowski? Emily Ratajkowski is cool. She's cool. What about J-Lo? Oh, my God, Steve. Does this count? She's too she's old. From- I'm not trying to, don't, don't Hold accuse on. me of ageism. I think she's too it. old. She's from Barbados, but I think she is American too. Rihanna. Oh, Rihanna would be great. Is she an American citizen? I guess it doesn't really matter. I don't know. I'm fine. Yes, it does matter. The whole point is that we are making Americans cool again. Here's the thing. As long as they are Instagram influencers, I'm cool with it. I don't want them on this committee. They're out here. Get them out of here. Is Taylor Swift a possibility? Absolutely not. Too much? Doing too much? Okay. She's yeah. Absolutely not. Would you consider her cool? No. Mm. She likes cats far too much. To yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah. Just saying. I mean, Beyonce? Yeah, I mean, Beyonce is always on the list. The question is, will Beyonce accept the position? She doesn't <laughs> need the position. Beyonce is like, please, I'm too busy creating my next visual album. If we pitch to her, we need to make America cool again. Maka, will you be on this committee? I feel like she'd do it. It's a big undertaking, but she would do it. But Beyonce is a solo artist. Will she be able to collaborate with That's the a others? good point. Well, I mean, she's yes. collaborated with many people in the past, though. Come yes, on. of course, but not on an album. She has a singular vision. And when Beyonce wants it executed a certain way, she is a perfectionist. And she is going to make sure that it comes together a certain way. Will she listen to Anthony when he says we need to get more people making homemade guacamole? So what, you're she- saying is, what you're saying is Beyonce, not a team player. I think she's just a leader. She's just a leader, not a follower. She's an alpha. Yeah, she's she's an an alpha. alpha. Beyonce, the I ultimate bet. alpha. The <laughs> yeah. ultimate alpha. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right. So we're workshopping who's going to be on this thing. Maybe send us some ideas. We'll talk about it. Maybe we should do that. Give us your five people who you would put on the Secretary of Swag Committee, and we'll read some of the best ones on the next pod. Okay. I love that idea. Where should they hit us up on Instagram? Tweet us. Tweet us. What, at, what am I? At Saruti, C-E-R-U-T-I. What are you? At M. Smallman? Yeah, I'm Smallman. Okay. So, Steve, my last thing here is I've been, we're using the term workshopping a lot, but it applies because we're we're just crowdsourcing here. We're 
collaborating to come up with the best things for this country. And I really like the idea of a fast pass. You know, if you go to an amusement park or whatever, you can pay extra money to get the bracelet and you get bumped to the top of the line. But I don't want just the rich people to be able to pay to get to the top of the line. So I want to get a fast pass where if you volunteer or you pour back into your community, you get some sort of currency and then you get to get a fast pass. So if you do volunteer work at a food bank, you're going to get 50 points. And then guess what? You can get in the special fast pass line and skirt the traffic on your way home and make it to your kid's soccer game in time because you are a good person. As you can tell, Steve, I think that there's a lot of bad people out there and I'm trying to incentivize people in many different ways to be nicer to one another. I also think if you volunteer and you're out there physically, not just donating money in different areas of your community, you have more empathy and understanding for other people. Mm -hmm. I think this will be beneficial in so many ways. Plus you get a bonus out of it. But some people live in really rural areas, so they don't need the fast paths for traffic. So this is where I get a little bit caught is if you don't live in a place with a lot of people, which let's be honest, is the majority of America living in a lot of areas where traffic isn't necessarily something they're hyper concerned about. What is the fast pass good for? So help me out here. Well, this is making me think of a whole business opportunity idea. And you know how credit card rewards work where you basically get points for things that you can get cash back on, or you can get book a trip through, or you can get exclusive access to this. What if there was some sort of volunteering thing for that? So when you volunteer, you, you swipe your card here. I put in eight hours today and you get a hundred points to use for all these cool things. That would be anything that you would see on a credit card where other, you know, it just wouldn't be on a credit card, right? It would just be stuff that you do when you volunteer. So I don't know. I think right. that's kind of it. Cause you're right. I don't think traffic, traffic for me doesn't really matter. Right. Um, for some people it does though. For some people it does. And maybe that's cool. That's totally fine. But for me, it's like, Hey, you know, here's 50 bucks off of uh trip to wherever, a trip to Europe, here you go. Okay. Or you're building towards something that you actually want, just like credit card points. I kind of think that's a pretty good idea. And again, it's incentivizing people to do good things in the community. So you're telling me you could say to your buddies, Hey, I have backstage passes to Justin Timberlake tonight. I scored these with my points because I planted a community garden. It's also a good thing for businesses and people that like that celebrities to get involved too, to encourage more people. Hey, like we're on this app or we're on this thing volunteer. This is your only way to get into it, is the volunteer in your community. Not only do I like this for policy, I think we should create an app that does this. Okay. If you're um, a tech person, if you're a, what are they called? Creators? No, not creators. Developers. If developer, you're a developer, yeah. if you're a developer, hit us up. You know how Michael Scott said, I declare bankruptcy. If, <laughs> yeah. if we declare trademark, can we trademark it on this podcast right you heard now? heard here first on November no 4th, 2020. It. This was our idea. So it's officially documented, documented. Document it. But you know what? We need a name. Every good idea has a name because fast pass isn't it. It's got to be something where people are like, oh, are you Yeah, on? it's got to be super catchy. It's got to be yeah. like volunteer, but like without any vowels volunteer what if it's a teardrop no that's you know that's that's a different thing that yeah no shouts out little wayne i keep thinking poor back in what if it's just poor like oh my god i have 100 points on poor no because that sounds like i'm poor yeah then you're implying help me i'm poor yeah Mm. uh Mm. give back no what else it's got to be one word right it's got to be one thing and again it probably has to be missing vowels or one vowel to be really cool Yeah. Um, Well, I one time listened to this podcast where Gwyneth Paltrow was talking about creating goop and her initials are GP Gwyneth Paltrow. And she heard from someone who was very successful in business that companies with double vowels like Google 
are far more successful. So that's how she came up with goo. So, so maybe we need a double vowel in there. Okay, so what's, okay, what are the two things we want? Community and investment. And cool shit. Yeah, okay, so community and rewards. Like Core, or rock, R-O-O-C, is that a thing, rock? R-O-O-C, R-O-K, oh, that's Brooke. Yeah, rock, okay. Oh my gosh, you could rock volunteering? Yeah, I got 200 rock points. Oh my God. I'm in. I, I rocked it out today. <laughs> there you go. We're making, we're turning into a verb. Now, even better. <clears throat> I love this. Did we just create a billion dollar idea? I think we did. Developers hit us up. What's up? No big deal. But how do we make sure that the system works and it is tied? So now, was, now we've gone from our government platform this to, is, pri to this private is, entity. So yeah, this is a, this is a future. This is a, this is an off air conversation for the two of us, but um listen sometimes the private sector has better solutions than the public sector look at it. i mean it happens all the time so it, it is what it is and you know Funny. what maybe we use this to create all of our capital and then we run there you go yeah we build a business and then we run as someone who is an outsider a political outsider there yeah you go. totally who is Can not you crazy imagine us running oh my god and look at us today we're wearing red white and blue yeah very fast subconsciously we were patriotic today we love america what, do you, what can we say what can we say we love america but i don't have any other ideas but i think this is a great jumping off point I think it's a good jumping off point and I want to talk to some people about it. I'm just saying. If you use, join use, our party, use our limited famous friends to get people in on this. Yeah, we need to find the most famous people we know and say, hey, have you heard about rock? You know what we need to do is we need to do the Elizabeth Holmes approach here and just convince people of something as if it exists. Yeah, except I hate Elizabeth Holmes, so. Yeah, but think, <laughs> yeah. But think about it. She got all this funding for something that she had never actually created. No, it's totally fake. Yep. Totally fake. So even though our idea doesn't exist yet, it's not, we don't have the app. We don't have the developer. We have a kind of good I feel idea. like you're describing like 90% of Silicon Valley. We have this idea and everyone should just invest a bunch of money in it, even though we have nothing planned. We need some VC guys in our yep. DMs is yep. what we need. So we need some venture capital dudes to come in. Yeah, if, you're, if you are a VC person, slide in the DMs. We will respond. Yeah, for sure. All right, I got one more. I got one left here. And this one is, is really stupid, but I think it's actually pretty awesome. Okay. You probably noticed, Michelle, that we have a bit of a morale problem in the country, right? And I have an idea that I think is going to instantly jolt and give a shot of positivity to the country. And I think it would have 100%, 90% approval rating because everybody liked this one thing. Everybody in the country, even outside the country, but in the country for sure, love Game of Thrones, right? Right. Why not? As a vice president, because I'm going to be the vice president in this administration, I will commission a full remake of the final season of Game of Thrones just to increase the morale of this country. Who wouldn't be excited about that? We'll shoot it. Well, I guess we'll write it, shoot it, and edit it, and have it be ready in under a year. Okay. That way everyone has like something that. to look forward to. People uh -huh. love this show. And obviously this is a joke, but I think there actually is some truth behind this. We need places in society where we can all go as people from different backgrounds and have different ideologies to just come to one place and all agree on something. And we all agree that Game of Thrones was really awesome for about seven seasons. And then the last season happened. It was like, oh my God, this is a disaster. What could be better than getting people back on board, getting people back talking again, mm -hmm. crossing party aisles, I guess, to talk about this amazing show that everybody loved and fixing a major problem, which was the last season of Game of Thrones. So I will commission, I don't even know who's going to write it yet. I guess you know, we'll, we'll crowdsource that because I think the two guys already, I forget their name, Bennyhoff and Weiss, right? I think with their names. They're already out. They're already producing other stuff. So we're going to get new people in, same actors. We'll pay them whatever they want. We will fully commission the remake of the final season of Game of Thrones. Make the water cooler chatter lit again. 
Yep. And make it not about politics again. That's right. <laughs> in all seriousness, I do think we need safe places in society where we can come to, as I mentioned, and just talk about stuff. As you mentioned, around the water cooler. Sports kind of used to be that, and it's very much not that anymore. No. And, you know, and I'm not saying that's for a bad reason. I totally understand why NBA players or athletes all over the place would want to show their feelings and their, um, and their causes. But I do think we need safe places in this country. And Game of Thrones is, is not political. I mean, it literally is political, but it's not political, if you know what I mean. And that would be like giving a crying kid a new toy or a piece of candy. And we need more toys and candy in this country and less crime. And I love your idea about making sure it's turned around in a year because we're not the type of ticket that is going to promise something so prolific like this and say, it's coming in three and a half years. Wait until re-election time. We're not going to dangle it over people's heads. We're going to promise it, execute it, and present it to everyone. Yeah, because then people are going to get bored and they're going to lose interest. No, the, the hype will be up and keep the hype yes. up for a year. And when that thing comes out, it's going to be this massive thing that everybody can get behind. And it's going to be a feel-good thing for the country. So it's kind of stupid. And yes, obviously, this is a total joke that we're talking about right now. But we do need things like this. So that's why I'm putting this into our, uh, into our running platform. I actually have two more quickly, Steve. Oh, I love it. Speaking of safe places, we need a song. We need a song that brings everyone together. So I propose, since you are the resident millennial anywhere that you go, that in addition to the national anthem, we have a millennial anthem that we play all the time. And try this one on for size, buddy. What if it's international players anthem? Uh, I mean, I couldn't be more behind that. It's my favorite. I think it's the best rap song of all time, period, end of story. Uh, right. So imagine <laughs> like in a football game, they play the national anthem. And then right after that, they play the international players anthem by UGK and Outcast. People would be hyped. They would lose their minds. Imagine when the beat comes in in the beginning, everyone is up, they are dancing, you're high-fiving with your neighbors. Imagine if it was played before school started. I would be pumped to Might learn. Have to use Let the me tell version, you. but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, I'm hyped for science class. I'm ready to go. And I could listen to that song 100 times in a row and not be sick of it. So I could hear that thing every day in school or at a, or at a sporting event or wherever, and I'm going to be hyped. And I'm going to love this country because of it. Also, last one for me, Steve. And before you knock it, let it marinate for a second, okay? Right. Let it breathe. I'm nervous. What if we had a nationwide five-minute dance party every day? Ooh. So every day, mm -hmm. let's say 3.21 p.m., that buzzer sounds and the music goes up. No matter what the song is. Imagine Ooh. if you're at work and you're dancing with your coworkers in the conference room. You could be at Trader Joe's. You're gonna put down that zucchini and you're gonna boogie in the aisle because we know that dancing brings out endorphins and you're dancing with strangers. You guys are having a good time. It's a little mini party together. Imagine, Steve, imagine being on the subway and that sounder goes off and all of a sudden you're boogieing in the aisles with complete strangers. Doesn't matter what borough you're from, you guys are getting down to the same song together. This may shock you but I'm not a dancer. So I might be the too cool for school wet blanket type here where I'm going to be like, mm, it's mandatory. Not interested. Mandatory isn't like, what would I be arrested if I didn't dance for, for and how, so how long are we dancing for? Okay. Five minutes might be too long. What if it's we a do a two, a two minute dance break and you could do this, Steve, you could do this. I'll just do like the classic wedding dance thing where I just yeah. go back and forth, back and forth, back yeah, and you forth. Can snap, snap. Um, throw, you maybe can throw a snap in there. You can do this. Just the head bob. Yeah. I'm not a dancer. I can't get behind this. I'm sorry. You can nod your head for two minutes and watch. A what's playing? Is there, what song is, is international players anthem playing as well? I guess that's what has to be played, right? That's the new national anthem. You know what we'll do, Steve, is we'll run a poll every day where at 8 a.m. the poll is released and here are four options. It could be the Beatles. 
It could be. Here's what's going to happen. Here's the problem is that somebody's going to hack into this thing and it's going to be like spam to be like a K-pop song every day. And that's, that's 100% going to happen because all the bots are going to take over and ruin this for us. Uh, Blackpink slaps. Okay. Mm, I don't think I know any K-pop, but I've heard enough random K-pop to know that I don't like it. I'll send you a song and trust me, you're going to like it. I'm going to go ahead and pass on that. But one day it could be the Eagles and the next day it could be Daft Punk and everyone's just going to vibe for two minutes and then they're going to look at their fellow Americans and say, I like your moves. Carry on. Uh, that makes me think of a funny tweet I saw and I wish I could uh, attribute this to someone, but I don't remember. But the tweet was essentially something like, do you remember the song by the Eagles, Peaceful, Easy Feeling? Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> Basically based on what's going on right now. Right. Amazing. Uh, but... Uh... I'm too cool for school for a lot of things. And I'm not even, I don't even feel like I'm the peak of that. So there are going to be people that are going to be like, absolutely not. I'm not a dancer. My dad's not going to dance for this. My, he doesn't need to be a dancer. He my, dad wor- just, my, know, dad, my dad works attention. at a plumbing, heating, and air conditioning business. The guys he works with are not going to dance at three, whatever, every day. It's just not going to happen. 321. Not yeah. going to happen. Sorry. I get the sentiment. The morale is there. Why don't you make but, it optional? Let me tell you something. If everyone is doing it, they don't have to worry about feeling cool. They just have to let their emotions out. Some people can mm-hmm. run in place. Some people can snap. Some people can head bob. You could do the mashed potato, Steve. Whatever you want to do. Oh, There's like science it. out there that says dancing makes you feel good. Really? See, I don't feel like I don't like dancing. I, I don't know. I, I, made, that, I made that up, but I'm it's, pretty. It's science, it. though. <laughs> uh, Smallman Suri, the party of science. Hold on. Does dancing? I mean, I'm sure it does. You happy? But here's the thing: every time I dance, it's at a wedding, and I'm probably drunk. So that's all. That's why I'm happy, not because I'm dancing. Should we also enact the Don Draper law, where there's allowed to be bars in every office place in America? Encourage more drinking. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why don't we lower the drinking age while we're at it? Okay, Steve. Science. When you dance, your body releases endorphins. This is a chemical that triggers positive energy and good vibes. It helps improve our emotional state and reduce our perception of pain. So basically, Steve, dancing is your cure for happiness. Should we also force everyone to have a positive vibes only sign in every room that they go into? No, it's just a two-minute endorphin (laughs) release throughout your day. You're boogieing to some tune skis, you're getting down, and then you carry on. Toonskis is a hilarious word, by the way. Thank you. My friend Dave would always say that. He'd be like, should we boogie to some toonskis? That's something a middle-aged father would say. Totally. It's Put Gary. some toonskis on. It's Gary from Ill. Yes. You guys boogie into some toonskis? You know what I was thinking too? You know who would be, this is, now we're coming full circle on this. You know who would be really good on the Secretary of Swag Committee is Daniel Levy. But Canadian. This is why we got we to gotta get back oh. to being the cool people again. Why are all the cool people Canadians and English people? I don't know. We're going to find some swag. So here's our platform to sum it up. Less work, more dancing, and some swag. This is Michelle Smallman and Steve Cerruti, and we approve this message. Well, Steve, it seems like we've solved all the country's problems. We really have. Mm -hmm. And before people get upset, yes, this was all done tongue in cheek. We know there are far greater issues in the country right now. I feel like it's sad we even have to give this caveat, but I don't want people to think that we are avoiding real issues. But in a time right now where a lot of people are very anxious and unsure about a lot of things, we just thought we would put our fun small talk spin on it and try to lighten things up a little bit. Yeah, and I genuinely want all these things to happen except for the (laughs) dancing part, but I realize that they are probably on the back burner for a long time. (laughs) We have more pressing issues right now. We get it, we're not completely clueless. Okay, Steve, well, let's wrap it up and get to a review. 
I'm not sure if I read this one already because it's about something that you did a while ago. So if I read this, I'm sorry. But this one says, I love you, but in all caps, Steve, text your mother, five stars. It says, Mr. Steve Cerruti, you need to text your mom back. I'm telling you, you'll have regrets if you don't sincerely engage her. It doesn't have to be all day, every day. This will sound like a lecture, but I respect you too much and wouldn't insult your intelligence. So this is just feedback. And Steve, this goes on for a while. And it says, I'm a day one Shelly listener and I feel like you're a great human being. Michelle is 1000% correct. Yes, facts. Call or text your mom and mean it. Listen to Michelle over and out. This is intense. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven long paragraphs really yeah. quickly. In a it's from the heart. It's from the heart. And I, it is from the heart. There is an update to this story. I have texted my mom a lot more now. I'm texting her back. I understand. I got the feedback. I'm adapting as a person. I'm not a big texture to begin with though, Michelle. I don't like, I don't like having long conversations on text. I don't right. even like phone calls really. I like conversations with a few people that I enjoy being around. <laughs> yeah. And my mom is one of those people, but my mom is also, she's like everyone's mom. She's going to send you a bunch of random emails and text messages that you probably don't need. But I have been better about texting her back. I've been oh, calling good. her back. Things are going well. I get the sentiment. You should always text your mom. It was a joke. And I'm being better about it. Good, Steve. Good. I'm adaptable. I learn. I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. Has your mom been like, wow, Steve, thank you for responding? No, but and it's funny because she listens to the pod. And she, I forget if she's actually seen this uh, review. I think she actually has, which is weird because that's what my mom would do. She'd probably read reviews of the podcast. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> but it hasn't, it hasn't necessarily come up, so it'll be interesting to see if it comes up. But yeah, no, I get it. I don't take it, and you shouldn't take it for granted. You shouldn't take either of your parents for granted. And I'm, I've been lucky enough to have two great ones. So, well, I think that's a good place to end it, Steve. Thank you to everyone for listening. Steve and I are going to be back in action next week. But until then, less hate, more dancing. Make America cool again. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.